Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, I think. Otherwise, he's frozen. I can't tell. His name is Kirk. Hello, hello. Hey, Kirk. Your video is a little frozen, but oh. we can hear you. And it's actually, it's a flattering um, frozen still of you. It's not like one of those where you look crazy. So be thankful okay. for that. Um, and I think that you'll, you know, as these things go, I think you'll probably be back with us shortly. But yeah. You're here with us in spirit. I can hear your voice. It's like Mufasa. Um, <laughs> so that is good. And we are, man, we're just uh, doing war with, with technology at the moment. And I'm not okay with that because I I think you would probably put yourself in this category as well. I consider myself to be pretty technologically savvy. So when things turn on us, it is infuriating because it's like, dude, come on. We're homies. Me and, me and technology, we're buddies. Like, let's... Let's be friends. And right now it's, it's not our friend. It's not our friend right now. I agree. I agree. I was trying to do a couple of quick things that I don't think my, uh, 2014 laptop can actually maintain. (laughs) I was trying to open up an Excel doc moments before we began. (laughs) Excel, Excel did it. Excel was the culprit. I've got word open. I've got three browsers open. It's, it's my fault. I am the problem. It's me, <laughs> as Taylor Swift it's would say. It's me. I, Kirk's the problem. It's him. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Man, I've heard that song way too many times on TikTok over the last couple of weeks, and I now despise it. And now Kirk is live in Technicolor. Uh, we're back. So you and tried. more importantly, my Excel file has also opened. So <laughs> yes. I know precisely Excellent. the mystery was Excel. That's great. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, So we're really firing in all cylinders. The other technological thing that happened was I've been logged in prepping for the show for uh, the better part of 40 minutes now. And we had to start late, like five minutes late because StreamYard, whenever I went to broadcast was like, you're not logged in. And I was like, well, that's impossible because here I am like in here and it was a whole thing. So Wow, if the rest of the stream goes off without a hitch, I will be absolutely floored. But nevertheless, we are here. Date of recording is November 7th. What's the what's the date in November? Remember, remember? Which one is the it? The 5th of 5th. November. Ah, just missed it. I didn't remember it. Um, and it was the 5th, and I guess that was, what, Saturday? Yeah, I did nothing of note that day, so sorry. Guy Fox, I feel that I have uh, solidified my case for for that film uh, for the rest of my life. Because at one point in college, I was the Guy Fox mask, V for Vendetta, Hugo weaving for an entire evening. So I feel like I'm Ooh. good. I'm set. I don't have to do anything else the rest of my life for the fifth of November. Yeah, I think you, I mean that's more than I've ever done. So, and you probably did it before it was cool. Before like people started using them in flash mobs and um, anonymous and all that stuff. So that's, that's pretty sick. Yeah. I need to be better. I need to be better about remembering the 5th of November, but today is the 7th of November. It's what's popping. We're going to talk about all the latest movie news, all the latest and greatest movie and television news. Uh, There was quite a bit this week. I think the theme of the week in general for this podcast and for the world is franchises franchises because 
We've got two trailers we're going to take a look at today, which is uh, the second trailer for Avatar, which we've been waiting for, and the second trailer for Glass Onion, uh, both of which dropped within the last week. We are going to be reviewing in our movie review episode Enola Holmes 2, which of course is a sequel um, in the Enola, the newly minted Enola Holmes franchise. And on this Thursday, we are going to go to the theater to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So it's all sequels all the time, all franchises going on this week. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing that we're living in such a an artificial uh, reboot uh, sequel <laughs> world. Yeah, there there is. I used to never understand um, the people who were like, sequels are never good. Like when you're a kid, check me on this. When I was a kid, the sequel was always better than the original. I think just because mm. it's like, it's newer. So as a kid, you're like new equals good. So it like, it didn't matter what the content of the sequel was. If there was a newer version of the film, I wanted to be watching that. So like when attack of the clones came out, I was like, Oh, that's the, that's the lick right now. Like that is the thing. Um, and now, you know, I, I never understood when adults were like, Oh, the originals are always better. Sequels never improve on the original. It's just the way that it is. And I was always like, you guys suck. But now I'm, I'm, I'm becoming that person where I'm like, uh, sequels. Um, I don't know. Where do you fall on that? I think you're right. I think the newness kids definitely have a recency effect other uh, that's like in permanent um, overdrive. So I'm right there with you. I can't remember a single sequel as a child that I was like, the original's way better <laughs> and like threw my popcorn <laughs> yeah, at the screen. Right. Like I can remember all of the, uh, the pirates of the Caribbean movies when I was a kid, I feel like pirates of the Caribbean was one of the first, I don't know. I'll have to check the timeline here, but it feels like it was one of the first major PG 13 movies that I was like old enough to see and like get into the franchise. And so then as like dead man's chest and at, at world's end, I think that was, that's about as far as I got. Um, before I started to realize that the sequel sucked. But when those came out, I was like, these are it. Like I probably watched at world's end like 30 times. Um, even though the original pirates of the Caribbean just blows that out of the water by like a thousand miles. It does. I think that's the litmus test. I think that's the core memory you just revealed. Like that's when I became an adult watching the sequels. <laughs> yeah. It was like the, the one, it was like the fourth pirates of the movie pirates movie. Um, I remember going with my, with my sister, your wife, to the movie because we used to always like go see the sequels together and she knew I was way into it. And we saw that one and I was like, I don't know, probably 15 or 16 at that point. I was like, that sucked. Didn't it? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm figuring this out. That was, that was not good. Mine was the third one where they're running on top of a giant wheel, <laughs> like, like hamsters. And I just t told myself, this is the end of me watching any of these films. Here's the thing, though. I I wonder, I wonder going back and watching some of the action sequences that people said were preposterous at the time. Maybe they were just ahead of their time, man. Because we get a lot nope. of like, like think of like David Leach movies or or like modern action films. Like even even like John Wick, which is also related to David Leach. But you know, like modern stunt sequences in action films get pretty preposterous these days, but it all kind of flows with the artistic design, I guess, of everything now. Maybe, maybe. 
I don't know. You might have to give it another chance. At World's End, that's going to be what you have to go. I'm going to be watching your letterbox, Kirk, to see if you log it, see if you go back and, <laughs> and check it out. Uh, well, if you're calling out mine, I'm just going to wait till Phantasm rolls into I yours, know, my friend. I know. And it's funny because every time you mention it, the percentage chance of me watching it decreases. <laughs> you can watch the bar go down <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna sneak into your house not that that's creepy of a sentence i'm gonna sneak into your house yep and i'm going to put a copy in every dvd player you own um not i'm not i'm pretty sure you don't play your dvd players i think i have often. one blu-ray player <laughs> so there'll be one and then maybe the playstation and then i'll just never turn it on and never know yeah that's what yeah and then and then someone like a group of all of the the children will turn it on and they will be horrified and they'll be like ah (laughs) that'll be so great um but yeah let's let's talk about some of these sequels kirk we've got sequels that we haven't seen sequels that we have seen and are going to review later this week so if you want our review of enola holmes it's not going to be in this episode it's going to be in our very next episode which will drop later this week so on thursday um and then, of course, our review of, of Black Panther Wakanda Forever will come early next week for you. So, But let's talk about the sequels that are in the works right now with a little segment we lovingly call What's Poppin'. Kirk, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, dealer's choice here, Kirk. We've got two trailers we're going to take a look at and talk about. Your options to go first are Avatar The Way of Water, trailer number two, or Glass Onion, trailer number two. Kirk, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go first? I want to go to Pandora first. That's right. That's that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Let's, let's feast our eyes on this. Um, new trailer for Avatar The Way of Water. I think I, I, we've got it playing here on the stream. Just, just a friendly reminder, if you don't or you haven't been joining us for the Monday night streams or, or the replay of the stream on YouTube, uh, or Twitch or, or Facebook. It's a, it's a multimedia experience, so you should check it out. Right now we've got the video playing next to us of the new trailer. When we talked about this, must have been last week's episode, we said the one thing we wanted to see more of, well, I, I think there were more, two things, but one was more underwater and more story. I think we got both, but Kirk, my question to you is are you satisfied with what we saw in this trailer and do you feel like we have enough to where you feel good about where this movie is and will be i'm going to call this out right now i never saw the original in the theater because i thought it was a dumb (gasps) premise yeah and so then i watched it like a decade later like i'm talking like it was a long time after and not that long ago that i sat down and watched this for the first time watching this trailer I have sincere concerns for the amount of blue butts we see yeah. in this trailer yeah. and in this film. What is going on there? Lots I, of I butts. mean, I know they have tails, but what is happening? Hey, man. Jimbo Jimbo Cameron is getting up there, and uh, this is his vision. He, he sees a world of blue cat butts. That's, that's his whole world here. Humanoid just- cat butts every shot almost in this trailer it's so distracting i I can't i can't focus on the story that's happening because i'm i'm uh i've been flashed a hundred times i've been mooned cameron so your your assessment of this is that the ratio of cat butt in this movie is significantly more lopsided than the original is that what you're saying yes oh yes okay a hundred percent a hundred percent 
I have to say, I respect you for admitting that and and for sharing your thoughts there. Also, for it's, I respect you for saying you didn't see it in theaters because that's like, you can be, you can be stoned for that these days. So that's like right. everybody saw, like so many people saw it in theaters. I mean, it's made like a bazillion jillion dollars. So, um, I'm intrigued by that, but. I that did not jump out to me. The cat butts thing did not jump out, um, <laughs> but that's okay. That's that's totally fine. I would say uh, <laughs> I'm trying to gather my thoughts now because that was that I was through me for you such can't a loop. See it? <laughs> no, it's just now I'm replaying in- it in my head, and I'm like, you know, he's got a point. He does. He's <laughs> he's got a he's got a point. But I think for me, I feel like based on what I've seen from the story in this it doesn't feel like a very different movie from the first one and that is a concern because i think and everybody has heard this soundbite this is the general consensus about avatar one beautiful visuals which kirk did they hold up when you watched it 10 years after the fact or or did they, you feel like people are overhyping it they held up the visuals yeah unmatched yeah. Very well done. Beautiful visuals, but weak story. And, and a story that is tired and predictable. Okay. You know, we had the Fern Gully, Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas, um, you name it. I could probably go 10 more if I if I really sat and thought about it. The yeah. like person who is displaced from their world, seeing things through other people's eyes, yada yada yada, falls in love, changes their life, etc. So that concerns me that this movie feels so like a continuation in the wrong way. <laughs> like it's still, you know, humans versus Pandora. I do. I do like that. They're introducing this sort of like inter um, Navi faction conflict. So it will be like, I, I predicted there will be some sort of large portion of the plot. That's like, we can't be in fighting if we're going to try to keep out our foreign invaders that has potential to add a layer of interest to it, but overall not impressed by what we've seen from the story perspective. I think I will be interested to see how things work with Jake and Natiri having a family. Uh, she's obviously pregnant yeah. with what seems to be their second child. Um, oddly, Sigourney Weaver plays their first child because, she, and they, they have not explained the, the mechanism for how this works but she was created using Sigourney Weaver's character, um, whose name is escaping me, using her DNA. Um, so their kid is this has the same DNA as Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I don't know. Don't like that. Yeah, it's don't weird, like right? Like they're gonna have some splaining to do, like Ricky Ricardo. Um, but the story seems. And obviously, you haven't seen the movie, but the story seems like mm, we're going to be watching that for three hours. That's a concern. But the visuals remain stunning. I think I think they're absolutely beautiful. I, I shockingly lovely. The underwater stuff is sick. We got a lot more of that in this trailer. Um, so yeah, it feels like it feels like Avatar two. <laughs> it, it feels it feels like Avatar two in both good ways and bad ways, actually. It does. I think the only way that this movie could be truly successful is if James Cameron found a way that you could only see this entire film as a ride in Disney World. And so you actually like <laughs> experience good. the flights and the falls and the water and the fire. And 
I, I don't I don't feel like there's any other way to really enhance this. And maybe that's the plan with Avatar like six. But for this, I just don't see a big difference. I'm with you. Yeah, there were reports today that I thought were interesting um, that I haven't. I, I, did, I read the headlines, but didn't read deeper because I was doing other stuff. But that the plan has always been five movies, right? We've been hearing that for how long? But that if this one tanks at the box office, they'll they'll not they'll stop at three, is, is right. what I've heard um, from based on the headlines that I read, which. I don't think there's any chance that this tanks at the box office. I just don't. It's not going to have a ton of competition. It's right in the sweet spot of just mid-December. They're marketing the crap out of it. I mean, just absolutely spending so much money on the advertising for it. So I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna win big. But it, it is an interesting option on the table. Maybe it gets panned by critics in opening weekend, and then people don't go see it. That's a possibility. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes wins again. <laughs> they shut it down with like a 2%. <laughs> it, could, it could happen. It could happen. All options are on the table. But overall, my takeaway is nothing surprising in this trailer. Do you agree with that? Agreed. 100%. Other than, I guess in your case, way too much cat butt happening. Cat butt. There's all these cat butts <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> what are you holding? It's Mochi from Big Hero 6. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, that's classic. All right. New trailer hopefully with less cat butts going on here and they're not really cat butts they're human butts that are blue and on cat people so it's worth noting that but still disturbing still too much going on yeah um this trailer should have less of that i've already watched it so i I think it does um and that's glass onion a knives out mystery which is of course coming to netflix but also getting a limited theatrical run around thanksgiving i think it's going to be in theaters from like november 23rd to november 29th or something like that um so you can if you want to catch it in theaters you can do so there but i think in this trailer first of all we get lots of new um footage of all of our different characters we get to see a couple different characters up close in person in a way that we did not in the first trailer and the second thing that happens in this trailer that is interesting is um, a good amount of plot details. So as you can see, if you're watching the stream right now, Ed Norton's character is explaining that he has invited everyone to his island to play a game, like a murder mystery game, where there is a simulated murder. Ed, Ner- Ed Norton, I almost said Ed Norton. Ed <laughs> Norton is the, <laughs> the victim of the simulated murder and they have to try to solve it. It's like a game of clue. Um, but then right as that game gets clicked, kicked off, somebody else dies, not Ed Norton. We don't actually see who it is. Um, and they then have to solve a real mystery. Um, Kirk, your reaction to that being the plot of this movie, does that make more sense? Does it make it more interesting? Uh, does it move the needle at all in any direction? I think it's cool. Um, I mean, you think about all the murder mysteries out there. No one from memory has done something like that. It's neat because then there's going to be possible clues inside the virtual uh, scene, right? And then you're going to have what's what's real. And then you're going to be confused, right? Like what's, what is reality? What is real evidence? What is fabricated? So I love that. I love that direction. Yeah, same. And, and I'm interested in the fact that they, it wasn't immediately clear from the first trailer. It, it almost seemed like there was like a White Lotus situation going on in the first trailer. Like all of these people are in this place because they're super affluent and then something happens and you have to figure out who had a motive. But and now we know that they're all 
friends or at least have a mutual friend in Ed Norton. And so there is a there is actually a legitimate tie between the characters, which is certainly necessary for a whodunit because you have to have motives galore right. in order to make it work. What I love about that is that the back to the virtual is that what we're seeing in the trailer, we don't know what's part of the reality, what's yes. part of the virtual. Um, you get the clue vibes. You were all invited here and you all know someone at least, but not everyone knows each other. And why would someone kill this person if they don't know each other? But maybe someone else convinced them to and there's pressure that way and who knows? We could have more than one villain in this glass onion. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it feels very Agatha Christie, which of, of course is easy to say with any, <laughs> you know, whodunit murder mystery because she is the queen of the genre, in, at least yeah. in terms of from a literary stance. But the, you know, her, her most famous book ever. Um, and then there were none. I, I would, I would consider that her most famous one, maybe murder on the Orient Express, one of those two. But in both of those, well, in in murder on the Orient Express, you have the situation where there are multiple killers, which is interesting, and then which is kind of what you were alluding to, like the idea that there could be multiple different people who think they've killed the person, and they and so it twists things up. Um, and then and then there were none. It's a situation where you have a bunch of people in one place with varying degrees of connections to one another and they start getting picked off like one by one. So I think either one of those scenarios could be very interesting here. And we know Ryan Johnson always does a good job of like, at least he did in Knives Out, like paying homage to the genre and all the great writers who have done it, you know, from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle to Agatha Christie, um, Raymond Chandler, you know, there's, there's like so much good noir and whodunit vibes throughout that movie. So I'm, I am more excited about this movie after this trailer. Are you more or less or about the same? I think despite all of that, I'm a little bit of the same. Uh, yeah. It's still solid. It's uh, I just I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm getting myself into. And maybe I'll be blown away inside the theater. I hope to see this in theaters. I really do. I agree. I want to see it in theaters. Um, I, I, I just do. I don't know. I don't know why. And I. what's interesting is that our first theatrical experience with the original Knives Out, it wasn't my favorite. I remember leaving the theater and feeling, upon initial viewing, like, not impressed. Uh, it, like, impressed in the in the cast and, and the spectacle of it all, but not impressed in the actual mystery because I felt it was predictable. Um, but then upon a second viewing, I was like, well, I think the predictability of the, of the mystery makes it... It doesn't take away from everything else that's good about it. Right. So um, I really do like that movie. I just felt like in theater, I got a weird reaction. So I don't know why I want to see this one in theaters, but I do. I really do. All right. Let's move out of trailer land and into some movie and TV news that is not related to trailers. So first of all, it's award season. We're coming up on it. This time last year, we had no idea what was going on with the Oscars. Um, because they had that abysmal ceremony the year prior, like the 2020 COVID year ceremony, which was just the most disgusting, or I guess it was 2021 was the Oscar ceremony, but yeah. where there was no host and the whole thing felt extremely weird. And they had like the social distanced um, show and just yuck. That was the worst Bad. ever. 
And they were kind of toying with the idea of not doing a host last year. This year, um, they're doing a host again. It looks like they're going to stick with that format. I like that format. I think, thank God that they're doing this. Uh, but they're going back to someone that they've uh, had two times recently, and that is Mr. Jimmy Kimmel, who, of course, is, uh, you know, ABC's late night host. So, yep. it's it, you know, the, the check still goes, comes from the same place. So it's, it's not surprising that they choose him. But a little bit of history here, Kirk. This is now uh, Mr. Kimmel's third time hosting the award show. He has hosted every single time by himself. Um, so that makes him the fifth most frequent Oscar host ever in terms of most solo appearances. So he's only bested by Whoopi Goldberg, who did it three times. Um, Johnny Carson, who did it four, or sorry, Whoopi Goldberg did it four times. Johnny Carson did it five times. Billy Crystal did it nine times. And Bob Hope, a whopping 14 times. So now wow. Jimmy Kimmel is fifth on that list. What are you, What's your reaction to this news? And, and are you excited about it? I mean, when you put all those names together, <laughs> sorry, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I agree. The prestige is just not there. Also, I'll never forgive you for, not that it's your fault, but I blame you, uh, the infamous La La Land uh, Moonlight Switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Was on your watch, Jimmy Kimmel. It's yours. true. So, I mean, whatevs. Uh, congrats, I guess. Uh, I mean, he's right there with Whoopi. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, not a great track record uh, to say the least for him. I hope someone else comes in and like knocks him uh, out of the bottom because not that I dislike Jimmy Kimmel, but there are greater uh, entertainers out there who just won't touch the Oscars uh, based on uh, just a, a multitude of reasons. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, it's it's pretty tainted these days, and um, you know, I think the big one that really changed the, the way that this goes is the Kevin Hart thing. When they, when they named yeah. Kevin Hart immediately internet trolls started digging into his past and coming after him. And so it's like, who's going to sign up for that? Who wants to sign up for being even more under the microscope than they already are so that they can get canceled or whatever. I mean, I don't really believe in cancellation these days, but you know, like they can get canceled and, and never be able to work again. Like that's not, that's not worthwhile. So it's probably easier for Jimmy Kimmel, who's like already done it and nobody's going to come after him because it's his third time to do it. And ABC probably feels the same way. They're like, listen, everybody knows the drill. We don't want to hear about it. Um, there were mixed reviews last year, right? Was that the vibe that you got on the, was it Regina Hall? Um, oh, geez. Who, who was it? I don't know, but... Was it a trio of women? It was a trio, yes. And I'm not a huge... Well, it's maybe escaping I do like... Me. I think Regina Hall might have been my favorite part. Hold yes, on, it was definitely think. my favorite part, which is probably why she's the only person that I can remember. Because there was one standout. Absolutely, it was Regina Hall. I would have her as a single solo host, 100%. <laughs> um, so who else was with her? <laughs> I don't know. Help, chat. If you're in the chat and you know the answer, please help. Because I honestly can't remember. Um, 
but she was she was killing it and what's funny is about her her own her whole disposition um her and her again her most uh for reference uh her most recent kind of uh girls trip is a big one of hers but if you saw her and uh sterling k brown and honk for jesus uh which was i think a peacock premiere i don't know i think it came to theaters too yeah. uh, but that's that's who's in your mind right and she comes out her disposition is just like I don't know very almost about a villain when she's standing there on the stage like she's got very very big eyes which is perfect in her profession but she stands there and she's not speaking she's letting someone else speak and then she she comes in with her one-liner that just like floors everybody and it's and it's hilarious like she is the unexpected just comedic genius that undercuts everything uh and just soars so i absolutely can i replace her can i like start a petition to replace uh jimmy for regina i, I would I'm be down this. uh wanda sykes and amy schumer were the other two which like oh, i can't easy. believe i forgot that but uh they were both somewhat forgettable i felt like regina hall was, was the standout of the group but yeah th- i mean this doesn't move the needle for me i think jimmy's a fine host um I don't know. My my favorite Oscar host of all time is apparently like the meanest person in the world, Ellen DeGeneres. So that that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Like I'm, <laughs> so I'm done being excited about who's hosting the Oscars. The one thing I really wanted to happen, and I get why it didn't, was Chris Rock. They offered him. They offered Chris Rock the opportunity to host it, and I t- t- obviously totally understand why he would say no. I think that's just like too much and he would have done a spectacular job and handled it perfectly because he's a pro um and that's the main reason i wanted to see it but i get it like hey i I think chris rock should do it for the next 10 years while will smith is banned (laughs) yeah it's probably the safest time to do it i was about to say you know jimmy kimmel better watch his mouth up there but then again will smith's not going to be there who knows maybe somebody else will take the mantle maybe we'll get an annual slapping at every uh <laughs> oscars from here on out you have to imagine you know jimmy kimmel late night sketches are often you know on the late night hosts shows right that's something you have to acknowledge it the question is will it be a joke or will it be a sketch and will it land <laughs> i just don't know i'm just not sure i will say based on the topic of sketches because he does he does do sketches he does a lot with like guillermo and they do a lot of times like bring people in off the street, which is always a little bit funny. Um, but you saying that reminded me of one of my favorite Oscars bits ever was when he, when they were doing that year where it was like actors on actors, like where a nominated person would talk about a movie or a performer that inspired them. And then at the very end of the show, they did one where Jimmy Kimmel talked about Matt Damon. Yes. And uh, he talked about We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> Dude, yes. and just roasted that movie. That was hilarious. I, I I still think about that bit every now and again, and it just makes me laugh yeah, so hard. I think I think it. You mean honestly, honestly, with their 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 their, their hatred for each other, their like their 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 <laughs> yeah. showman's hatred, like it's all fabricated. It could be pretty great if Jimmy quote unquote takes it too far, and Matt Damon <laughs> rushes the stage Dude, yes. and slaps him and says, "Keep my name." Yes, it's like a bit that could work. That, that actually work. that could slay for sure. It's um, been a, a twenty year joke, <laughs> and now it'll come to a head finally. The culmination is that Matt Damon assaults Jimmy Kimmel while he's hosting the Oscars as a joke. That would be good. But but not only slaps, just like 
rips his just, I would love if he just tackled him through the through the back of the stage, like <laughs> through the curtains, and they just end the show. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm with it. Well, Jimmy Kimmel, it's like, meh, but also it's not the worst. I, I feel like it could be. You know, James Corden is still an option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. After his, uh, whatever, the Chinese restaurant faux pas that occurred oh, i don't man. i don't know if it was a chinese restaurant or what it was but yikes that was just a just a fancy restaurant that james corden couldn't let it die he's like no no listen it wasn't me and that yeah. restaurateur is like hey listen it's absolutely him here's more information yeah <laughs> gross that just is like the worst the worst yeah. all right moving on out of awards and into shows let's talk about um this new disney plus series the next Star Wars series to be released after, I guess, Mandalorian season three, three, yes, yep. will be the Acolyte. Um, they finally released some information about this show, including a uh, more robust cast list than what we've got. We've kind of been getting like onesies, twosies. I think Amanda Sternberg was Stenberg was the first one that we had heard about, and then uh, Jody Turner Smith and Manny Jacinto. And then Lee Jung Jai was the was the big one that they announced later, um, who of course became massively famous from Squid Game and is an Emmy nominee and all of these things. But a couple surprises on this list when they dropped it today were Daphne Keene, who is famous for Logan and his Dark Materials and others, and of course Carrie Ann Moss, who's famous yeah. from the The Matrix. Two late additions that I was personally very pleasantly surprised to see. And then they also dropped a synopsis for the show, which basically described it as like a, uh, a Jedi, a, a Jedi and his former Padawan. So like a former Padawan who's now a Jedi goes to work on solving crimes with their, their former Jedi master. And they end up blowing the lid off of this massive conspiracy and getting into something that's just like way deeper than what they thought it was going to be. Um, so it's almost like a, I don't know, like Holmes and Watson in, in the uh, in the Star Wars universe, which... A Jedi who done it. Right? That like totally, that, I mean, I'm easy to please. That's That checks a lot of boxes for me though. Um, Kirk, what, what are your thoughts about this show, this cast, everything we're hearing about the, the Acolyte? I, the only thing I want... And maybe this will be it. I don't know. But the only thing I want in the world of Star Wars is them to explore all those little kids that suddenly had the force without yeah. without being... Can, that That's the way to go. All these people are dying for, I want a Star Wars story that's not connected to Luke Skywalker. Okay, be quiet. Okay, stop it. <laughs> but if you want that, you still have to have the force. And so go back to the midichlorians and how they're just randomly produced in certain people and watch these kids grow up with these powers, untrained, untamed, and tamed. And maybe maybe part of the mystery here that gets unraveled will be part of these uh, this uh, species of human, right? Like maybe they'll categorize them as such. That's what I want Maybe this is it. I don't know that it is, but I just want that. Maybe um maybe the skeleton crew, the one with Jude Law, maybe maybe that's the one because that's the one that they described as that's the one that um John Watts from the Spider-Man trilogy is yeah. show running and 
they have described that one as like Stranger Things in the Star Wars universe with like younger kids. Maybe that okay. could be the one where these like super force sensitive kids are. And and I don't know the Star Wars people are going to come after me because I don't I don't know the technological speak around force sensitivity. I know that like the force is like something that chooses. There has to be balance, so it makes choices. People don't use the force. The force uses people. Blah 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 blah. So I'm not going to get too far into it, but. There were those that kid that they showed at the end of The Last Jedi that everybody thought was going to turn into a thing. Um, and some of those other kids who were just like using the Force as children, untrained, no Jedi order, no Jedi training. You know, this is the sequels, not the prequels. Um, that would be interesting. Maybe they'll tap into that in, in the, the Skeleton Crew show. I feel like with this one, you know, there there is this thing that you're kind of talking about, Kirk, of like, there is this undercurrent of we want things that are not related to the Skywalkers. Um, this seems like more of that, it, which isn't, you know, I, I think those, those, those comments are, are silly because the, the, you know, the Skywalkers are the whole basis for everything we know in the star Wars world and everything kind of starts with them. Um, but first of all, like the Mandalorian doesn't really have a ton of Skywalker content. Like, sure, there are people who appeared in those movies, um, but that's really it. It doesn't direct line to any of that stuff, other than I guess Ahsoka, who has a direct right. line to Anakin. But that's that's a stretch. And then Andor, hello, like the show that's on right now, and by the way, is really freaking good. Like, I I love it. Um, no lightsabers, no Skywalkers, just good old rebellion. Um, espionage, covert ops, like all this great stuff. Um, so you, you kind of already have what you want. So just because we're getting lightsabers and stuff, I hope people aren't like, ah, oh, enough of this Skywalker garbage. Because I think Star Wars is what it is because of Jedi. People love that concept. People love the lightsabers. Yeah. It really is that simple. So I like having more Jedi-focused shows, even though Andor right. has been absolutely bomb. And I would take 10 more shows like that too. Right. I mean, all roads lead to Skywalker because his father, Anakin, is in the central plot of the universe destruction war, right? So yeah, the right. Empire of the Rebellion. I mean, it's that simple. That's he is why... the focal point of the whole thing. So show me a different time period with as uh, compelling of a story, as big a war that doesn't have to deal with that. And then we can piggyback off that. Let's call Star Wars, you know, the original trilogy, the first, second, and third trilogy, World War One. Show me World War Two. Let's go. And then yeah. we don't have to talk about it. Then we can say, back in the Clone Wars, and you can actually say it, right? Like, back in the Clone Wars, um, 57 years ago, now we're having this conflict. Show it to me. And then you can stop fighting over all roads lead to Skywalker. Well, yeah, because if, if you pull cool. if you pull any thread long enough, so like take Andor is a great example. It's like Andor. What's Andor about? Well, it's about Cassian Andor. He's you know kind of learning about the rebellion and and didn't really want to be a part of the rebellion, but then ends up being like a, a huge player in it. It's like, well, why is there a rebellion? Well, because there's the Empire. Why is there an Empire? Oh, because you know Darth Sidious used Anakin to become his apprentice, and they took over the the galaxy together. Like it all right. always comes back to that. Um, but I'm excited about this. I am definitely infinitely more excited about it given the success of Andor. I feel like if I look at the Star Wars series, I like them all. I do. Like Book of Boba yeah. Fett wasn't 
is the weak link out of the bunch, but it's still not bad. And right. I liked Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love the Mandalorian. Andor is better than all of them, in my opinion, so far. Um, so I, I feel good about where we're at with the shows. I would love a movie. I really would. Um, but I'm, I'm content right now as a Star Wars fan, to be quite honest. And this feels like another good, potentially good show in that catalog. It's coming. When's it coming? 24? No, next... Well, yeah. I thought it was late next year, but maybe it is 24. Everything okay. gets shifted around so much. But they started production like this week or, or very recently. So um, they got a ways to go. But nice. Also, uh, I'll just slide this in. And or season two production starts at the end of this month, like uh, November yeah. 21st. So that's coming in hot. And that's going to be another 12-episode series. So or another 12 episode season. So 24 episodes of Andor are booked right now with hopefully more to come because it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's just awesome. All right. Nice. Out of star Wars land and into the MCU for more TV news. Uh, the cast for Agatha coven of chaos is starting to assemble. If you'll pardon the pun, uh, the pun and the major entry into this cast that people will immediately know by name is, uh, miss Aubrey Plaza, who of course is, Famous for many things, but most importantly, uh, probably Parks and Rec for her role as April Ludgate. Uh, she's got a great deadpan delivery and will fit fit alongside Catherine Hahn really well. I think I mean they obviously work together on Parks and Rec, <laughs> so they have yep. that going on there. But uh, Deadline is reporting that her role will be a villain, which I immediately kind of did the like German Shepherd head tilt thing because it's like, well, what is Agatha <laughs> like? Agatha's a villain, right? So is she a adversary or a friend to Agatha? And yeah, so that just really confused me there. Um, but I saw even as the, you know the cast list for this is still growing even today. I saw more announcements before we headed into the studio that apparently Eric Andre is reported to be joining the cast. So shout what? out to all the Eric Andre show fans from uh, Adult Swim. <laughs> back in the day. Um, <laughs> so it's getting weird on the Agatha Coven of Chaos cast, but uh, what are your thoughts on Aubrey Plaza and, and this show in general? You know, I didn't think twice about her being a villain here. Not at all, because, I mean, she would play a villain. That makes sense. But now I'm thinking deeper into this. You know, I've mentioned before that we don't need another villain story where they're kind of the good guy like i don't need that so yeah. i hope that's not how this plays out i hope that we have a real hero in this maybe wanda comes back in this yeah. and we see what if this is like the flip side to wandavision right like the the backstage the backstagery like she's like stepping in and out of wandavision while um, manipulating other things and maybe Aubrey Plaza is getting in her way because she has her own agenda and it's like the clash of the witches possibly that could be cool but I need I need Agatha to still be full-blown villain from start to finish and just not <laughs> not have to have some sort of moral conflict I want her to just be bad altogether yeah I think I agree with that I I, I am interested in that uh, I think the other route I would be interested in is if, and this is riskier for sure. You remember how in WandaVision they showed, it was either like the last episode or one of the last episodes, they had that like flashback to Agatha, like Salem witch trials days. 
Um, and they showed her like being under attack from all those other witches and she like turned on them and used their power against them. Like, could this be an in-betweener prequel to a lot of the stuff that were happening that's like set back, but it introduces some sort of major player? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to invoke the name of Mephisto in vain, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> could they set it back, introduce somebody from back in the day, Captain Marvel style, and then bring that person in in one of the later other properties? I don't know. That is very complicated, but I like I said, I think, I think that's the riskier enough. way to go. But like, is like, would that work? I, I almost think it could. I think it could work. I think it very well could work. I often have very wild ideas that never play out, and <laughs> your ideas are always right. So I'm sure that you are correct. No, in this I am one always wrong. I am always wrong. <laughs> so, but I think between the two of us, one of us has to be right this time. Or. 50% of each. That's right. We've cast a very wide idea. net, so it increases our chances of success here. I, I feel good about <laughs> it. I feel good about it. But uh, we'll keep an eye on this cast. I think Aubrey Plaza playing a witch is just like, that's uh, presumably a witch. It's just, I mean, that's a softball. That's I could have done that casting. So Right. All right. Next up, staying in Marvel but moving out of Disney Marvel and over to Sony's uh world spider-man across the universe part one had some casting news drop today which is that academy award winner and one of my all-time faves right now i guess i shouldn't say all-time faves but he's if he's my fave right now anyway one of my favorite actors daniel kaluuya is joining the cast or has already joined the cast of spider-man across the spider-verse part one as spider-punk spider-punk um Hobart Brown uh, is the character's name. He is kind of, it's, it's so funny that it's Daniel Kaluuya playing this character because this character is uh, similar to uh, Fred Hampton, who he played in um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which was the role that he won his Academy Award for in that they are both political activists. This, this version of Spider-Man comes from a world in which um, Norman Osborn is president of the United States, and he Whoa. spends a lot of his time as a musician and activist against uh, working against Norman Osborn in that way. So he's like a punk rock Spider-Man. Really cool. I read a couple issues of uh, that Spider-Punk comic that came out a few years ago, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But Daniel Kaluuya joining the cast. He's joining a cast of new characters in this film that includes Oscar Isaac as uh, Spider-Man 2099 and Issa Rae as Spider-Woman. So, Kirk, we should have already had this movie. It was supposed to come out in, like, October of 2022, which hurts my soul every time I see it. But Daniel Kaluuya now in the cast uh, presumably has already recorded and we're just finding out about it later. But what do, what do you think about this casting and the fact that we're getting those three new characters in, in the second movie. That's an easy win. I trust the the directors, the writers, the producers of this series with my life because I didn't know that I needed that story in my life and how intricate it was and just, I don't know, like it, it was just not complicated and it was just so pure of storytelling uh, and just beautiful. So I, I trust this with everything in me. I'm, I'm excited about this. Same. And I must have, my spidey sense must have been tingling because when I reached into the closet for a shirt today, I grabbed 
my uh, Funko Pop across the Spider-Verse shirt to wear. <laughs> and then I got this alert and I was like, wow, did I did I manifest this news into existence? And I yeah. think we I think credit to me, honestly, I think I think it's yeah. I think it was me who did it. I think uh, Daniel Kaluuya owes you a thank you. For I agree. And possibly royalties on his yeah. uh, future earnings from this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll probably, I'll get in touch with his management about that, but okay, I, good. we'll just, we'll cross some T's, dots, and I's. It should be pretty straightforward. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. All right. Next up, quick hitters, Westworld canceled, canceled at HBO and HBO max by <laughs> what should we, what, what nickname should we give David Zaslav as he continues Gosh. to just chop down popular shows one at a time he needs he the needs Lorax? A, I don't know. <laughs> the onesler <laughs> the onesler <laughs> <laughs> he's just going through and knocking these shows off uh much to everyone's well i think he has affected at least one per every every person in some way at this point with his cutting of shows but he cuts westworld before it's what would have been its final season. Season five was the where everybody's contracts ended. It was when the show was going to end. And though all of the actors, according to Deadline, will still be paid for a full season's worth of salary because of the way that their contracts were written. So this show is gone. Doesn't get to finish its story. And uh, the onceler, David Zaslav, strikes again. <laughs> What are your thoughts, Kirk? Oh, any any man. thoughts on Westworld? Uh, you know, I this is a semi-popular show. Obviously, not popular enough, but I never got into it. James Marsden is one of the leads, <laughs> and so that's like what an immediate X for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an immediate maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, w- I went back and I watched the original film uh, that this is derived from why yeah. they wanted to create the series. And I said, maybe if I watch that, if I love that, maybe I'll watch this show. And I watched it and it was really great. I, I gave it a really high score on Letterboxd, uh, you know, but I just, I just don't know about it as a full series mm-hmm. in the direction, the, the, the super hyper tech world that it tried to be now just lost some of its allure to me so eh, i don't know i I it's probably time but i think you should let the people finish their story let them tell the final chapter if the funds were already set to be there (laughs) yeah i mean sure you have to pay for production but if the actors are already paid that's most of your budget anyway right with like right evan evan rachel wood and i guess aaron paul was in the most recent season and um Thandwee Newton and uh, I don't know. It, it feels like they yeah, Jeffrey could've... Wright. I don't know if he got killed or not yet, but he was in this show at some point. Yes, um, I watched the show through season one, season two. It majorly fell off. I made it like four episodes into that season before I was like, "Yikes, this is a mess. I'm out." Um, so I was surprised that it made it two more seasons after that. But apparently, it started to kind of pick up again. Who who really knows with these things? I know it was waning in terms of popularity, but this still feels like it always sucks. Somebody out there loved this show. I'm sure many people did, and, and now it doesn't even get to finish out. So that is a bummer. Sorry to all you Westworld fans. Rest in peace. And hide, hide your kids, hide your wives when it comes to David Zaslav. He's coming for your favorite show. He's <laughs> going to chop it down and let me make sure the only shows you watch are things with massive audiences. Uh, I don't know. House of the Dragon, that's a safe bet. White Lotus is probably a safe bet. Barry, Succession. 
outside of that, man, you're treading in dangerous waters, I think. Dangerous. Don't get attached. All right. Finally, well, I guess finally, we've got a couple of quick hitters, but they're uh, Lionsgate, according to IndieWire, Lionsgate is filming a bunch of offers for a John Wick video game, Kirk. Yes. And I, I just know that you would be buying a PlayStation if this game comes out. I'm buying a PlayStation. <laughs> I'm buying the MetaQuest, <laughs> Oculus, whatever. You're going into the metaverse for John Wick, the video game? <laughs> can you imagine this that deserves ar uh yeah i have to have it It, i mean you were the first person i thought of with this because we had talked we i mean we talk about this game more often than i think anybody still currently does which is (laughs) goldeneye 007 like it comes up in conversation between us a lot because it's like your favorite thing that has ever existed it was the only game I ever played. Like, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've dabbled in the others, but man, I kid you not, at 10 o'clock at night, I'd unwind all throughout uh, middle school and high school. I'd be like, time to play some GoldenEye, the same 14 levels I've played for the past 10 years. <laughs> right? and I would own it. I'm down for this. Yeah, and this is like, this to me, when I heard it, I was like, this is it. This is the new GoldenEye. This is going to be the one. This is going to be the game that changes everything for me. Uh and I love the John Wick movies. I, I haven't been shy about that. I think those movies are just an absolute blast. Every single one. I feel like it just gets better and better. So yeah, I, I say Lionsgate. Get with somebody good. Not not one of these crappy studios. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to name drop any crappy studios right now. I have a few in mind. But get with somebody like Insomniac who made the Spider-Man games or like somebody somebody good. Make this work. Yeah. Make it awesome. D- right. Is it for sure coming to PlayStation or well, not, not definitive yet? No, but it, so the game isn't even a thing yet, but they're working on trying to make it a thing. So that tells me okay. that it will probably be a thing. Um, and if it does, I mean, I have to assume PlayStation would be you know, PlayStation Xbox and probably not Nintendo Switch if I had to guess. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, last couple quick hitters and then we'll get out of here. They are making a sequel series to that movie, The Gentleman, um, which was directed by Guy Ritchie um, and didn't do very well, if I remember correctly. Like, I think it, it got some decent critical acclaim, but didn't do super well financially. Um, it came out recently, so that makes sense in terms of box office numbers. But the series is going to Netflix and is set to star Theo James. Shout out um, Divergent series. <laughs> and... Giancarlo Esposito, who is in absolutely everything and is great. Yes. Um, any interest in that, Kirk? Yeah, Giancarlo is making himself, you know, uh, he's countering uh, Linda Cardellini's effort to be in every major franchise of the past <laughs> yes. 20 and years and future. Uh, he really is. He's, he's weaving his way in everything. Uh, yeah, I saw that, that the actual film, The Gentleman, is on Netflix right now. And yes. I skip it every time i do not click on it i don't know why i just i'm not that interested in it i know i'm i'm just not that big of a guy richie fan and i know that there will be tons of people throwing tomatoes at their at their iphone or whatever hearing that because he has a big following and i get it like i i can see what the appeal is it just really isn't it's not my thing it's not my thing so i just have this visual of someone (laughs) watching the stream (laughs) 
pausing it out of disgust for you, <laughs> zooming in, pinch zooming, running to the grocery store, yes. a lot of effort, getting a tomato and pounding it yeah. into Just smashing phone, my face like, with it. How dare you? God, Richie is the second coming. I know. What's wrong with you? They're going to be like, have you seen Snatch? And I'm going to be like, yeah, I like Snatch. I did. I liked it. But, I'm, you know, I also saw Aladdin. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> let's... <laughs> let's let's pump our brakes here, guys. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, I didn't yes. have to go that far. I didn't have to go that far. But here's the last one. <laughs> you and, did. And, you did. and speaking of Disney Disney remakes, this is perfect timing. I have to drop this one because this is a headline that is meant to incite rage, and I love it for that. Variety is reporting um, that the Russo brothers. Well, the Russo brothers said in an interview with Variety that the Hercules live action remake will be, quote, a modern musical inspired by TikTok. They said, and I quote, audiences today have been trained by TikTok, right? What is their expectation of what music, what that musical looks like and feels like? What? I know. It's, it's one of those vomit-inducing things. I'm just like, it feels like they were told by, like, a consultant to say that. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like... Does the so like what which direction which clickbait direction are we going towards here? Like is it is it that it's very like almost self-aware that the musical is a little self-aware oh, of itself? Maybe. Or I hope not. Is it going to be set in the world of the internet like Hercules modern day? I also hope not. I hope that neither of those things are true. <laughs> and I hope that this movie never gets made, if I'm being honest. Like let's just not do it. Um <laughs> And also, I'm just going to throw this out there. Russo brothers are majorly on the hot seat. In my opinion, they're they're on the hot seat. I think they cashed in a lot of goodwill with the, you know, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame thing, and rightfully so. But they are getting ready to spin through that, that goodwill. Because I saw 21 Bridges, and I saw The Gray Man, and I've seen their, you know, some of the other stuff. I didn't see Cherry, but I'm just saying oh, these, these guys are on my list. I, I think that they're on the hot seat. I feel like they're one or two more bad projects away from me being like, okay, you're no longer a sure thing at all. Right, right, right. And maybe, I mean, maybe if their strength is superhero movies, sorry guys. And that's fine. Just do superhero movies. But then in the same interview, they said that they probably won't be able to be ready to make another Marvel movie until 2030. And I'm like, I know they've got their own production company and cool stuff that they're trying to do, and that's great. I, I wish them the best. I know that they've... Wasn't Extraction... Weren't they loosely tied to Extraction too? Did they direct that, produce that? So one of remember. the two. But, but I mean, Extraction, not grand. It's, it's fine. Not a great film. It's, it's fine. Anyway, anyway, I'm just saying. I've got my eye on the Russos. They better start cashing in some good stuff, otherwise I'm... You know, and I know that they'll be heartbroken to hear this. This is a big yeah. blow to their reputation, but they're going to be off my list of sure bets. Ironically, I just found some footage. They are the ones smashing the tomato into the iPhone. Yeah, that's so right. They're like, careful. what, Guy Ritchie? We love Guy Ritchie. We've modeled our entire career after <laughs> that man. Oh, man. Anyway, hot seat. If 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 uh, Hercules sucks, which it will because it's a Disney remake and they all suck, um, yeah. you know. Add it to the list of, of bad marks on their resume, which is growing, I would say. All right. That's all we got, Kirk. Anything I missed? Anything else you want to cover? 
Um, no, I mean, just to uh, plug later this week, or if you're watching from the future, the yes. next episode is going to be on Enola Holmes 2. Yes, exactly. Our next review is Enola Holmes 2. Thank you, Kirk. We're going to be going out of this studio into another one. Well, virtual studio. Kirk's got the Sherlock Holmes hat going on here. We're going to review that film. It's going to be a lot of fun. We actually reviewed the first film on this podcast, which is a rarity that we have both sequel, like the sequel and its original on the pod. You look like you could be in a Guy Ritchie movie right now, Kirk. Uh, <laughs> is that where you're off to right after this? Are you going to go be in his next movie with Matthew well, McConaughey? I thought, I thought good, sir, that I'd be in the next Enola Holmes movie, but they're both all British, so it's I could true. be in a hybrid. It's true. Enola Holmes 3, directed by Guy Ritchie. Yes, I love it. <laughs> they bring him in to direct the, the third one. He's already directed the Sherlock Holmes uh, movie, maybe two. Did he direct the second one? Anyway, I'm not quite sure. Ow, just hit my face. <laughs> <laughs> but an Ola Holmes 2 review coming later this week. Black Panther Wakanda Forever review coming next week. Be sure to stick around for that. Come visit us next week for that review. It's going to be a big one. We're going to talk all things MCU. We're going to wrap up phase four of the MCU and talk about the legacy of that phase and uh, how, how Black Panther turns out. We're going to see it Thursday night. We hope you are as well. But until that time, we will leave you with the symphonic sounds of Rhetoric, who created our original music. And of course, we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. And we will see you guys later this week for our review of Enola Holmes 2. Hey, talk to you then. 